I was listening to a talk given by a Christian apologist the other day, and he was talking about his busy speaking schedule. He said that no matter where him and his team went, the place would be packed out with people. And the situation was no different when they went to Yale University in 2016 to give a talk titled The Defense of the Christian Faith, not a vacant seat in the house. A bus came from another university to drop off students and people were sitting in the aisles to listen to this talk. One of the trustees of Yale University was seated next to a friend of the apologist and when he saw the packed house, he was perplexed. It doesn't make any sense, he said. We have speakers come here to Yale University from all calibers and walks of life, but this place never gets packed out with people. Why is everybody here to listen to a religious thing on a Thursday night? A friend of the apologist, he turned to the trustee and he said, Is it possible that you have left their souls empty? In today's world, we have no shortage of self-improvement experts, life coaches, motivational speakers, gurus, thought leaders, authors, podcasters, you name it, and YouTubers for just about any topic that you can think of. Personally, I have turned to many of these sources to help me organize my time, manage my finances, help me succeed in marriage life, in work life, in my spiritual life, and also for entertainment and motivation. Lately, not lately, for the past few years, I've been binging podcasts on Unsolved Mysteries. I love those podcasts. And I've also lately been listening to interviews and podcasts with Kobe Bryant. And if you haven't listened to any of these, you, I definitely recommend it. His life, his work ethic, the impact that he had before he passed away and now even after is amazing. Anyways, all that to say, there's a plethora of information out there, much of which, if applied as prescribed, will result in a better, more productive life. But there are two problems that I see with all of this. One, we all want to, or should at least want to, improve our lives, our circumstances, our financial status, our relationships, our workflow, whatever it is. And I think that this drive for self-improvement stems from a deeper need for fulfillment. We want our lives to have meaning, to have focus and drive, and to ultimately have an impact. But on a much deeper level, is self-improvement the solution? And will it solve the problems that we have in our personal lives and collectively in the world? What is the purpose of bettering our lives? Are we here to become better versions of ourselves? Are we here to make more money, become successful, get more girls, achieve status and popularity? My fear is that when our lives end, when we leave this world, we will be successful, wealthy, well-rounded men and women who have completely missed the point. Filled with every form of knowledge, yet with souls left empty. And I say that because the main source of every issue that we face today in our personal lives and in the world stems from a condition of the human heart, the condition of the human heart. And general self-improvement does very little to address that root issue. Like a doctor, trying to put a band-aid on a broken bone would seem our efforts to improve our situation with external self-improvement when an internal change is what's necessary. The second problem that I see is that when it comes to the topic of spirituality, it's treated as just another area of life, another apartment of our lives to improve on, to grow in, if you want to. And I see this also in Christian circles. I'm subscribed to this self-improvement podcast that's directed mainly direct, uh, directly at men. And I, I love this podcast. I listen regularly. I'll take notes. I refer back to it all the time for interviews and questions and qu uh, quotes and phrases. And sometimes the issue of religion and God will come up in these interviews. And I feel like the hosts, they just kind of teeter around the issue. They don't really directly take it head on. And I've wondered, are they Christian? Are they not? A few days ago, they were interviewing this NBA player. And the NBA player, this guy is an outspoken Christian. And the host said that he himself was also a Christian, but he has hesitated to speak about this topic in order to 
reach a larger audience. In another episode, they were once again talking about religion. And the host said, I call my God Jesus. He might call his God Allah. But as long as our value systems are good, it's all okay. Which, in my opinion, contradicts the faith that he claims to profess. But that's a topic for another episode. We have provided every tool for humanity to succeed, but we have left our souls empty. Now, self-improvement in and of itself is not wrong. Don't get me wrong. It's a very, very good thing, but it pales in comparison when compared to the purpose that we see for humanity in the word of God. John Piper says that it's not that we don't want happiness. We just, we want it, but just not enough. You don't have to be a wealthy business staff playboy to know that after achieving every measure of success that you can define for yourself, you're still left with the same questions. Is that it? Was that it? Is there something more? I've heard these questions being asked by people who have achieved and who have access to things that me as a normal guy can only dream about one day. Ravi Zacharias says that the most loneliest people, the loneliest people are the wealthiest and the most famous who have had no boundaries in which to live by. Let me say that again. The loneliest people are the wealthiest and the most famous who have had no boundaries by which to live by. G.K. Chesterton adds to this sentiment when he says that meaninglessness doesn't come from being weary of pain. Meaninglessness comes from being weary of pleasure. When faced with these questions regarding the purpose of life, I love what C.S. Lewis concluded. He said, If I find in myself desires that nothing in this world can satisfy, the only logical explanation was that I was made for another world. I believe that the greatest disservice that I can do for anyone who hears my voice would be to give them every tool that they need to be successful and not point them toward a true relationship with Jesus Christ. On the day you leave this earth, you take nothing with you. Your cars, your money, your possessions, your job, your beautifully organized laundry room, your minimalistic office space, your color-organized shoe collection, your beautiful house with all its ambiance and feng shui, which, you know, these are all things that I myself like to improve on and have improved on. It will all, in and of itself, mean nothing. The only thing that will matter will be that if you knew Jesus Christ or not, and not just know about him or think he's a cool dude or he was a good prophet back in the day, but truly had a relationship with Jesus Christ because only Jesus Christ can address the issues of the human heart and give true meaning to the life that we live. Proverbs 11.4 says that wealth is worthless in the day of wrath, but righteousness will deliver from death. Luke 12. In Luke 12, Jesus talks about this parable about a rich fool who found his identity and security in his wealth, but on the night he dies, we see how meaningless it all was. And I'm not being critical of self-improvement just from a secular point of view, but also in today's modern Christianity. Sermons have become nothing more than just motivational speeches and our worship services are man-centered and seeker-sensitive. But what the world needs today, the solution to the problems that we face, will not be found in more encouraging quotes, in stoicism or meditation or yoga or minimalism or the newest workout routine or Jordan Peterson's 12 Rules for Life or the New York Times bestseller list. While all great things... The only solution will be in salvation through Jesus Christ. Now, here's the twist. The goal of Christianity is not self-improvement. Jesus did not come into this world to necessarily make your life better. And people who preach this are lying. In Mark 16, Jesus says, If anybody wants to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man to gain the whole world but then lose his soul? Or what, what is a man going to give in exchange for his soul? Jesus did not promise an easy life, but rather a foundation, a joy, a peace 
through the tribulations that will come with living. The goal of the Bible is not social reform, but salvation from sin through Jesus Christ. But the beauty I have found in this seeming paradox is that in finding a relationship with Jesus Christ, everything else finds its rightful place. Life becomes better in every way, not always in the way that I wanted or in the timing that I want, but in his perfect time and according to his perfect plan. And I don't use the word everything frivolously. I mean everything. Areas of my life that God, that I thought God just doesn't care about, he has something to say about in his word. From finding our identity to creating goals, our friendships, how to communicate, controlling our anger, our sexuality, fatherhood, handling conflict, our work, discipline, prayer and meditation, emotional intelligence, serving other people, becoming a person of character, our calling, our purpose, how to raise kids, how to love, how to manage our finances, forgiveness, hope, salvation, just to name a few. The Word of God has insights into all of these things that will be for our ultimate good and for His glory. 2 Timothy 3.16 says that all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for rebuking, for teaching, for correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God can be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Galatians 5.26 says that since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit in every area of our life, in every part of our life. Galatians 5.22 says that the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. With modern self-improvement, I work from the outside in to make positive changes in my life. But with Jesus Christ, He works from the inside out to create in me the character and a life that is for my ultimate good and His eternal glory. Abraham Kurubila, who is a doctor, a medical doctor and a professor at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, says that the only way we can ever be fulfilled is by taking our place in God's grand design. Nothing else will delight, nothing else will satisfy, nothing else will fulfill. Without consciously being involved in the glorious purpose of God, we will never have purpose. We will never find our rightful place. I'll end with Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen.